1: pittsburgh steeler fans hello again and welcome to monday my name is brian anthony davis here at behind the your podcast producer joined by tony defio the pride of crafton and shannon white the pride of the state of west virginia and people <laughs> believe it or not people in uh virginia kentucky and ohio revere him as well from what i understand is that true shannon
2: no, I, I'm not aware of that, but I'll take it.
3: <laughs> Anybody who loves me, that's, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> Tony, what's going on, my friend? I am tired today. I don't know why, but I'm tired. But I'll be okay. I'm, I'm ready to go. This this show's going to give me adrenaline. How about you guys? Shannon, are you tired? or Are you just tired of the rain?
2: No, I, I'm. Like, it's it's just raining and ugly today, and hopefully I'll have a good signal.
1: Yeah, I, it's not always great when we uh when we have the uh the rain and uh, Shannon's Shannon signal so I understand that. Um it hits all of us in different ways. So that's something that we'll we'll try to get through, but I hope all of you have had a fantastic weekend as we get closer and closer to the Pittsburgh Steelers season and I am really excited about the fact that my gosh we have OTAs coming up. We have mandatory mini camps. That kind of stuff helps the Steelers take shape. So, before I do that, Teddy Boucher asked Is this the Maulers chat? The Maulers have dropped to one in five, and I am uh, I am just despondent. They won- finally won last week and then lost yesterday so, or Saturday. So, I'm completely bummed. I-, I was hoping for some fun Maulers talk. Fire Kirby Wilson, hashtag that's all I've got.
3: <laughs> I just wish I think it'd be more fun, even if they were one in five. If they played if he if they played here, I, I definitely would have gone and seen them play, but it's just I can't get into it with them everybody being in, in Birmingham. I
1: don't yeah, know. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Alabama Maulers isn't right. working for me. So hopefully and, they get back over here.
3: And on top of that, it's
2: becoming quite obvious that any Pittsburgh team has no offense.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's yeah. it's ridiculous it really is the,
1: there you go uh let's go ahead and uh let's tackle some news that broke in the last couple hours very sad news and we're just going to i still don't have all of the correct information so i'm just going to tell you what i know and btsc and we have all learned that well, Dwayne Haskins had a uh, was drinking heavily and was under the influence um, between like 2.0 and 2.4, from what I understand. Or is it? I'm sorry, point two. I mean, you be. I mean, point two and point two four. I'm not very good with my BACs. All all I have to say is very unfortunate to learn that. Um, there has not been any good news since. We heard all of that information coming from April 9th. So uh, once again, very sad news. And just wanted to go ahead and bring that up as well. I know we're going to have a lot of people that haven't heard of it yet on the live chat. So uh, yes, very sad news indeed. George says 0.24. Gentlemen, this, is, this just continues to be tough. Tony?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You never really heard much about that side of Dwayne haskins the the heavy heavy drinking and i guess there were other substances in the system so yeah i mean that's that's sad and and uh like a lot of these guys i mean anybody now anybody in society there are there are uh services that you can use to uh to get you from a to b so i don't know why anybody would would risk their lives like that or, or or anything um just it's a, and i know teams have have services too so i mean all you have to do is just call call the team and say hey i i need to get to the airport or wherever he was going that morning and 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 it's it's i don't know i just don't get it but it, it, it is sad news
1: and you know not to editorialize too much you're just really sad shannon any thoughts uh
2: it's choices you know we shape our destiny with our choices we make every day and it's a tragic story situation ending. Uh, this doesn't really change that. It, it, uh, it was already tragic, but you know, this is what it is.
1: This is one of those uh, parts of the news that I just don't even want to know. And that's why I'm enjoying ignorance a whole lot more these days and uh, putting on the news less and less, but this is something that hits us as, as Steelers fans and as a, uh, editorial and uh, podcast team that that covers the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. So um, once again, tough news and just really sad. I don't even know what to say from there. So let's just go ahead and switch gears. And we're going to go and talk about what's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers as far as getting ready for this 2022 season. So we've had the draft and we've talked a lot about the draft. And we've talked about which players could benefit the Steelers in their rookie year more and more. If you listen to Let's Ride a week and a half ago, Dave Schofield did a good job of breaking down all of the receivers in Kevin Colbert's era and how they did their first year. And it was really interesting to see guys in different categories, uh, guys that you thought would be amazing in their rookie years, weren't exactly, and some were better. Um uh, Troy Edwards had the most catches for a while until Chase Claypool came along and Chase Claypool had one of the best rookie seasons ever for a Pittsburgh Steelers. But the, what we want to go ahead and do when we look at the players drafted by the Steelers, we want to see who their long lost relatives in black and gold are. And I smile when I say that because no, they are not related. And I was going to say separated from birth in the title, but that separated at birth, but I don't think that's the same thing either. So what we want to do, we want to take these guys and say, and come up with a Steelers draft pick at that position that reminds us of this particular player. And we're going to go ahead and take a look at how they did in their rookie season. So let's go ahead and start with the man of the hour. Do you guys know his middle name yet? Because I do. Shannon, you should know, because I think Jeffrey Benedict brought it up. Kenneth Blank Pickett. Tony, I'll let mm-hmm. you start. Uh, Kenneth Petaway Pickett? Oh, <laughs> nope, no. It's, uh, he doesn't have Mike Tomlin's parents there. Um, I like that. I, I love Petaway. I think that's so cool. Shannon, what do you got? If if Jimmy brought it up, I
2: don't remember. I know. It, I think it starts with
1: an M. No, it, it does not. It does not. You know, at BTSC, you, you know, Dave, Jeff, and myself, we love to bring up the middle names of, of players. And that's why you are going to hear a lot of Kenneth Shane Pickett. Mm-hmm. Number eight, Kenneth Shane. So, KSP? You down with KSP?
3: <laughs>
1: I can't even you get know a... Uni- there we go, yeah. <laughs> Shannon was down with OPP in the clubs back in the day. Hey. Oh,
3: Raising right. the roof. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I I could see Can you see Shannon at the uh the gentlemen's clubs with the the dollar bills making it rain? <laughs> You'd be the first to say it. <laughs> uh I don't even want to ask Tony. And you don't you really don't want to ask me. Let's just say that uh Let's just say the only reason I didn't do it is because I just didn't have the dollar bills.
3: <laughs> uh, when it comes to that, I'm more boring than you think when it comes to that kind of stuff. It's been a long time, I'll tell you that.
1: Uh, gosh, I have some stories, but that's this is not Tales from 2 a.m. So let's just go ahead and go out and talk about Kenny Pickett from the beginning. So we've had, in different shows, we've talked about the tangibles, what he could bring, whether he's going to start in his rookie season. That's that's not what this show is about today. What it's about is who does he remind you of? So, Tony, when you think of a draft pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it doesn't have to be the obvious one, the, uh, the big one from 2004, what kind of situation does Kenny Pickett's situation come in, coming in, remind you of for the Steelers?
3: Uh, it's hard. It's hard with with quarterbacks because unless unless you compare him to one of the big big two, people are like, oh, how could? Oh no, the sky's falling. But he kind of reminds me a little bit because of his athleticism. <laughs> people are going to hate it. Uh, but he's a former first round pick, and that's Mark Malone, a guy who could really move. Uh, you know, he was a good all around athlete, and you know he was pretty accomplished when he came into the NFL. He just never really put it together as a as a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But he doesn't really remind me of Ben. Um, and I don't think he has the, he doesn't have the, the, the howl throw of an arm that Bradshaw did, although it's similar, similar athleticism. So the only one I can really think of is, is, uh, is Mark Malone, it, 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 you know, guys like, uh, Tommy Maddox. I don't, you know, he doesn't remind me of him, although he wasn't a draft pick for the Steelers or Cordell. It doesn't remind me of Cordell or, or, or it certainly doesn't remind me of Neil O'Donnell. Neil O'Donnell was not mobile <laughs> and but Bobby Brister was, was fairly mobile. Uh, But I think I think Pickett's a better athlete than 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 uh, Bubby and maybe Bubby had a better arm. So I think maybe uh, Mark Malone, because he was brought in to kind of be the even though he was brought in when Bradshaw was still here, he was brought in to be the uh, the heir apparent to to, to the the franchise quarterback.
1: Now, Mark Malone did not throw a pass his rookie season. He did not throw a, a pass until 1981, which was his second year. He played in one game and that was famous because for the longest time, Mark Malone had the record as the longest touchdown reception in Pittsburgh Steelers history and the longest pass play of 90 yards. And that was against Seattle in 1980. So really interesting. And Mark Malone apparently is in the live chat. (laughs) He's here (laughs) and he's letting us know that he's here. (laughs) All right, Mark Malone. Shannon, you can go ahead and uh talk about um Tony's answer, or you can go with a different one altogether.
2: Well, I thought about this before the show, and he doesn't remind me of any Steelers, uh draft pick. And the closest I could come would be Tommy Maddox, as Tony already said, but he one, he wasn't a draft pick uh for the Steelers, and two, Pickett is a much better athlete with a better arm. So the, who he actually reminds me of uh, would have been a guy I'd have loved to love to see on the Steelers in Joe Montana. Wow. Okay. And I'm not saying he's going to have that kind of career, but he has that coolness, that charisma. Everybody wants to compare him with Joe Burrow, who also reminds me of Joe Montana. So I'm, I'm going back to like the original. When I say that he has a lot of the same characteristics as Joe Montana, not saying that he's going to be him, or have that kind of Hall of Fame career. But that is that is who he reminds me of.
1: Well, that's, that's really good. And this is our show. We can veer off into that mm-hmm. avenue. And if he reminds you of Joe Montana, that's fantastic. I love it. That's why I raised some eyebrows. I almost did the people's eyebrow, but I just can't physically do it. So <laughs> let's go ahead and look at first. You mentioned Tommy Maddox. Tommy Maddox's rookie year for Denver. And I'm going to do a little trivia question for you. Where did he play after Denver and before the Steelers? And I'm not talking US, I'm an XFL. I'm not talking about anywhere else, but in the NFL, he was on two other teams. Okay. He was a teammate of a Steeler Hall of Famer for another team
3: in 1994. Didn't he play for the? Didn't he play for the Falcons? He
1: was with the Los Angeles Rams in 1994, so he played ah. with Jerome Pettis. Oh, ah, okay. That was his third season, but in his first season, Tommy Maddox had an 0 4 record as a starter, 54.5 percent completion percentage. They did some weird things, though. They they swapped him around with with uh, Sean Moore a good bit they would just like every other play dan reeves was doing some weird things in 1992 with them when when we did not see a lot of uh, i know john elway was hurt a lot that year so very interesting stuff there if you one thing i do want to do is go ahead and look at joe montana's rookie year as well because i think that's going to be very interesting and remember the 49ers didn't get it together really until 1981 Uh in 1979 he started one game, but apparently played in. I guess he was on the roster for 16. He was 0-1. That's Joe Montana. And so in that game, 13 for 23 with a 56.5 completion percentage. His next year, he was 2 and 5, but he had a he had a very good completion percentage of 64.5, 1795 yards. And this is where you start to see the glimpses of it. He had 15 touchdowns thrown and he had only nine interceptions. So that's, uh, he never looked back from there. 1981 was his breakout year when he was the MVP, um, offensive player of the year. He was in an all pro and he was also a pro bowler. So that's when he really took off. Shannon, let me ask you a question about that. If you're yeah. going to compare him to starting like a, uh, to starting like a Joe Montana, what would you think of that kind of start? Because the first year with a quarterback is kind of kind of to be a throwaway. Would you agree?
2: Yes, a lot of it is uh, location, 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 and system driven. You know he he was with Bill Walsh, who is maybe the greatest offensive genius uh, the NFL's ever seen. So, you know, he went to the perfect spot. Hopefully, Pickett's in the perfect spot with the Steelers and with Matt Canada. That
1: remains to be seen, but we can hope. Hmm. Let me ask you this, because this this has been the big question. And, of course, and we haven't done a comparison against Ben Roethlisberger, and we really don't want to. And the reason we don't want to compare him to Ben Roethlisberger is because of They're two completely different quarterbacks. But what I want to look at, I want to look at Kenny Pickett and I want to look at Ben Roethlisberger's numbers and to see if what we would be, how far off you think Kenny Pickett would be if he started 13 games. And that's how many games Ben Roethlisberger started. So I'm going to start with with, uh, Tony here. If... Kenny Pickett starts 13 games, which might be a disappointment to some because that means either Mitch Trubisky gets hurt or Mitch Trubisky is not playing well in the first three games or four games. So if he starts 13, what do you think a good completion percentage would be for Kenny Pickett?
3: Well, if he's he's playing in 13, if he's starting 13 games, that tells me that that he's doing a pretty good job, you know, unless unless it's because of a major injury to Trubisky. So I would say in today's NFL, even for a rookie quarterback, uh, about 65%. All
1: right. Ben Roethlisberger had, what was his completion percentage, you think, Shannon, in his first year? I'm going to say around 60. Ben had a 66.4 completion percentage Mm
2: -hmm.
1: in his rookie year, so very good. If you got 65 Mm -hmm. out of Kenny Pickett, I think you've got a fantastic rookie Mm -hmm. year. When you look at Ben Roethlisberger's career, he averaged 64.4%. So Mm -hmm. you have the beginnings of a Hall of Famer if you have 65. And look, we're not predicting these numbers. We're just saying what would be ideal, whether they're going to happen or not. Tony,
3: I just want to add uh, one one number that always intrigued me about Ben and, and all these all time great quarterbacks is the uh, average per per attempt. And Ben's especially early on those Super Bowl years, it, it was fantastic. And you go back and look at Terry Bradshaw's. I mean, like in the Super Bowl, it was like eleven. You know, so if Kenny Pickett is uh, averaging like eight nine yards per attempt early on, that that, that to me that bodes well for his future as a potential franchise quarterback for the Steelers.
1: You know, Ben's average his rookie year was 8.4. He got it as high as 8.7 his sophomore year. Then it's funny. It re- it went up and down. It, it fluctuated. His uh his third season of 2006 after they won the Super Bowl was only 6.1. And then you look at the last 3 years, 4.9, 6.6 and 6.2. So his average ended up being 7.6. But if you look at the fact that uh, Ben was getting so much, so many more yards, and when I say so many more yards, yards of attempt of close to nine, his first two seasons, that's pretty good. So really interesting stuff there. Um, One thing about Ben is a lot of people, you know, he was AP Offensive Rookie of the Year, but he had a lot of protection. When I say protection he had protection from the running game Deuce Staley and Jerome Pettis he had good receivers the big thing with Ben though is would you believe that he was only only had 17 touchdowns versus 11 interceptions and that's pretty good mm-hmm. but these days you don't think of 17 touchdowns from a quarterback to be a lot do you Tony
3: Oh absolutely not I mean I think that's uh the way the way the passing game has evolved even even from 2004 I think that that would be a lot of people, if, they, if, they, if you gave them those numbers after the fact or before the fact, they'd probably be uh, disappointed. So with that, Shannon,
1: if you throw in the fact that you expect an offensive line to be better this year and you throw in the fact that Najee Harris should be a Super Bowl and is probably built to carry the load, let me ask you this. Would you feel that... Kenny Pickett could have numbers close to Ben Roethlisberger, his rookie season, or do you think Kenny Pickett needs to have higher than 17 and 11?
2: It could be similar. Uh, 17, 11, if Najee Harris has 1500 yards uh, or more and, and they become a predominant running team, and, you know, with a good bit of play action and, misdirection uh those numbers 60 i think you said 66 percent or something for being a, as a rookie if he if pickett could duplicate them numbers a lot of it's when he makes plays at what time and what parts of the game two or three plays a game for a quarterback that's going to make the difference and i believe he has that charisma and that coolness to come through in the clutch uh you know again we'll have to see but um the main thing is if he can start out that rookie year and if he does have to start or earns the right and he can take him to the playoffs that bodes well for the future.
1: It really does. Now, Tony, this is my last question here on Kenny Pickett and it's simply this.
3: Do you want to see Kenny Pickett his rookie year? Um, Pardon me does. Yeah. Because I think it'd be a great story. I think if he, if he, Wins the starting job. I think it'll be based more on merit than it will be out of this you know necessity because of injury or because of of Trubisky failing. So I, I part of me does want to see him as rookie year because it's just because I, I think back to how it was with Ben and I know that's not you know that's not common for rookie quarterbacks, but it would just it would be a great story and I think it would it would, it would uh, bode well for for the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers if he, if he could come out and, and be the starter sooner rather than later.
1: Shannon White, do you want to see Kenny Pickett in 2022?
2: It's hard for me to answer until I see what the offensive line looks like. I think Trubisky could play behind the line if it's just slightly improved from last year, and I don't think it would affect him as much as it could Pickett because Pickett being the first-round pick, if he comes out and – struggles behind that offensive line they don't give him time to be able to go through his progressions and uh and it's a repeat of last year i think he could really stunt his growth so to me it depends on what the offensive line looks like in training camp and the preseason before i would want to put Pickett behind it
1: okay so my answer is no i do not want to see kenny pickett has nothing to do with kenny pickett it has everything to do with the plan and the plan being to start Mitch Trubisky. And if Mitch Trubisky has a good season, then you don't have to play Kenny Pickett. I want an Alex Smith slash Pat Mahomes rookie season for Kenny Pickett. And actually Mitch Trubisky, even though it's not his rookie season, but you know what I'm trying, I'm saying. So I, as much as I would like to accelerate the future, I, I, I still want to give the Mitch Trubisky experience an attempt. And I'm in the Ike Taylor camp when I think Mitch Trubisky is going to be a pro bowler. Or did he say all pro? I can't remember what Mitch said on, uh, on Ble- excuse me, what Ike said on Believe Sports. But I will say that I definitely want to see Kenny Pickett, but just holding a clipboard. And I want to see the Mitch show this year. And I don't want it to be a situation where he has to play because other people have failed. So let's go ahead and move ahead. And this is a really interesting one. I think this is everybody's favorite Steeler already. And it's George Pickens out of the university of Georgia. As far as rookies, he's, he's a favorite of a lot of people just because of the personality he came out wearing his Jersey the other day. And I kind of think of, George Pickens is the guy that's going to be wearing his jersey to the jersey to uh, restaurants and clubs. You'll see him wearing <laughs> his only 14th like Chris Henry used to do. It, it just seems like and Shannon, you're a West Virginia guy. So you remember Chris Henry and he he actually did that at WVU and with the Bengals. He would wear his jersey out, which I always thought I thought that was clever.
3: That's, so, what, that's what the players always do in the commercials. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's true, Tony. Yeah, In commercials, they, they just walk in and they're like, hey, I'm Eli Manning, and he's wearing his jersey. <laughs> it's like Eli can afford a lot more than just his jersey, but uh, yeah, he's, he's going to like Arby's wearing a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about George Pickens, number 14. We'll start with Shannon this time. Who does... Shannon, who does Pickens remind you of? And if you want to say another player, that's fine. I'm going with Steelers, guys, but who does he remind you of?
2: Well, Pickett, there wasn't anybody, but with Pickens, there's a couple. He kind of reminds me of John Stalworth, and that he's longer, he's lanky, he's physical, he's he's coming in, he's feeling a little disrespected, kind of like John did. And I believe he's going to bring a lot of attitude and aggressiveness to the position. Swan was all... ...grace and... ...where Stallworth was the hard... You know, he he was the hard-nosed, uh, aggressive... He could handle Oakland and their physical secondary. That was his mindset. He wanted to go up against that physical cornerback. So Pickens reminds me of Stallworth in that way. But he reminds me of... Martavius Bryant for his explosiveness and his, um, the angular Sanui build. He has his physique. He is, he might be thin, but he is very strong. And you can tell that when he body slams cornerbacks. <laughs> so he, he kind of reminds me of of the explosiveness of Bryant, even though he has better body control, uh, and hands than maybe anybody in this draft class. So, When You know,
1: when you compare him to them two guys, I'm real excited to see what he can do. All right, let me ask you this. 16 receptions for 269 yards and a touchdown out of George Pickens. Is that enough? No. Okay, (laughs) that that is what you got out of John Stallworth, his rookie year. But, you know, again, it was a...
2: The teams are not comparable.
1: Absolutely, and you know, and it's not. And so, <laughs> just like John Ham, Jack Ham would definitely be a Pro Bowler in 2022. All uh, day, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, because his but he would also be 30 pounds heavier. So right. We all would have been,
3: and, and he would be just as fast, if not faster.
1: Yeah. So, if I was oh, 50 years old in 1984, I'd be 170. Um, <laughs> the t- technology and. Uh, and everything else has made me what I am, the slob I am today. So let's just go ahead and I, I like that. I think that's interesting. Stalworth and Stalworth was six two at the time, which you gotta think. If he was six two at the time, Stalworth is six five today, maybe. Right. Yeah, you, you you know what I mean? Because he was you did not see a lot of six-foot guys over six foot catching footballs. Back in the 1970s, if you did, I'm sure there's some, but there's not a lot. So, Tony, what do you think of the comparison of John
3: Stalworth, the Mr. Pickens? I like it because, uh, you know, he's he's Stallworth was fast, but he but people didn't think of him as fast. And and Pickens, obviously, uh, he's a deep threat, but he he doesn't have blinding speed, he's not like a 4 2 guy, like 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 uh, Bryant was. Uh, what he 4.47 at the combine, maybe he's a little faster than that after, you know, a year or two removed from, from a, a torn ACL, but that, that's a good comparison. But um, he he kind of reminds me of, of, and somebody mentioned it in the live chat, Plexico Burris, you know, same kind of body type, r- similar size, uh deep threat, but not very, not a, not a, not blinding speed. And he's not afraid to l- lay out for a, for a ball. And Plexico was the same way. He wasn't somebody who could necessarily go over with, over the middle, but he, he he was he could he could lay out for a ball down. I feel like you remember Ben's first game against the Patriots, his first touchdown was a plexico laid out in the end zone to, to catch that. So that's kind of who he reminds me of as far as personality. And there's no question he, he reminds me of Juju. I mean, it's it's just with, with the, the the silliness, and 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 he's not he's not afraid to 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 you know be be this butt of a joke or or, or joke around periods. So that's kind of who he reminds me of there too. And of course. Uh, the social media stuff um and as far as the tenacity it's it's, it's easy it's heinz ward because of <laughs> what you see on the field of georgia with the fights and blocking people through to through the uh through the wall so uh, but more than anything he reminds me of Plexigo.
1: so let me ask you this john stalworth Plexigo burris who had more yards and who had more touchdowns their rookie season
3: well it would have to be i mean i think Plexico, he probably eclipsed that in two games, but it was a different time. Like like Shannon said, I'm going to go with Plexico.
1: Shannon, are you sticking with uh, Tony and Plexico having more yards? Oh yes, Plexico had more yards by four. Plexico had 273. <laughs> John Starworth had 269.
3: That's interesting.
1: So, real yeah, that's uh, that is really interesting and. You, you got to think, I remember because th- that rookie season, I remember they played the Vikings in the Super Bowl and Fran Tarkenton was the league leader in passing with, I believe it was 1,700 yards, somewhere around there. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was definitely a different time. Um, Plexigo started a lot more games than Starworth. Starworth only started thir- uh, three Plexico had more receptions. He had 22, and Wars had 16. So you could see that the uh, the best used to uh, the best used to uh, would rise to the top there. And man, I I've got to bring this up because I, you I'm not doing my job as a host if I do not bring this up. Evor McTenpox the monk. I used to bathe Stallworth's teacup poodle when I was in high school. I totally forgot to get an autograph. John Stallworth, and he also says, John Stallworth is the nicest man. I absolutely love that. The fact that John Stallworth had a teacup poodle, I think it's awesome (laughs) to me. That's perfect. I read that, I'm like, "Uh, okay, that's awesome. So, you know what? I was going to say something like, Plexigo Burris myself, but I'm really I like Tony's hybrid. I th- I think that's really a thing because that's he does remind me of a tenacious. He's from Georgia, so that was Heinz Ward. He reminds me of a tenacious type guy like Heinz, and we you have a lot of people concerned about George Pickens because he doesn't he won't mind mixing it up, but you've got Heinz Ward had no problem mixing it up. Right. They put a bounty on the man's head.
3: Dirtiest player in the game, voted by his peers, or oh, second, yeah. second, second dirtiest, or whatever. I
1: live in Maryland. A couple of years ago, the Baltimore Sun had a poll. He was retired, still the hated athlete. Heinz <laughs> in- Ward is the is the one of the most hated athletes in the history of That's Baltimore awesome. Ravens fans.
3: Rent free, baby.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he lived rent-free in a lot. He had timeshares in people's heads. Right. Right. It was paid in <laughs> full. I, I love it. Um, let, let's get on the move on here. It's gonna get tougher as we go. So DeMarvin Leal. And remember it's Leal, not Leal. Everyone wants to put um in headlines is Leo the deal, the real deal, Leo. <laughs> and it's not even Leo. It's layout. So what do you think, Tony, of layout with cheese?
3: Well, it's fitting because uh, he seems a bit of a tweener as far as uh, interior lineman or, 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 or end. So, so it was hard for me to think of somebody, but maybe someone like a Javon Hargrave, who I think was probably a better athlete maybe. But, you know, he was kind of maybe on the smaller side for a, for a nose tackle but he he was athletic enough to to play on the end too so as far as you know, draft picks over the years it's maybe you guys can come up with some better answers but the only one i can really think of would be would be hargrave shannon white
2: to me i've said it from the beginning if you him him and the rookie coming around and his mobility and his, his size he reminds me of Lamar Woodley. Yeah. And I know everybody keeps saying he's going to be a defensive lineman. But he just looking at him, and of course, that's without pads and everything. And But he looks more like an edge guy. And he's very similar in size and weight to what Woodley was. And they tried to keep Woodley's weight down a little bit so they could consider him an edge. Because if he'd have put on about 10, 15 pounds, he'd have been an end. So uh, I think he could have a similar impact. Uh, if he can bring that kind of pass rush oh. and use that size to set that in, very happy, if he could turn out to be Woodley 2.0. Oh.
1: All right, so we have DeMarvin Leal at six I'm looking at a guy that he reminds me of, but guy slightly smaller, but you've got this think that he was drafted 41 years ago from the Pittsburgh Steelers he was 6'3 263 for some reason I think of Keith Gary when I think mm-hmm. of DeMarvin layout mm-hmm. and the thing it's really interesting because Keith Gary was a guy that he held out his first two years he, he actually went to Canada and played for the Montreal Alouettes mm-hmm. and the Steelers ended up Getting you, they lost their rookie in 1983 after six games, their defensive line rookie because he was in a car accident was paralyzed mm-hmm. and that was Gabe Rivera. And they got, they got the services of Keith Gary. Finally in that 1983 season, he had his rookie year with the Steelers basically in 83. I, I kind of, uh, he didn't do a whole heck of a lot, but he had two fumble recoveries that first year. And I think if you if you can get two sacks and two fumble recoveries out of a guy like DeMarvin layout, you're going to be really excited for anything beyond his rookie year, especially with the guys that you have ahead of him. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say that he reminds me of an old timer because I grew up watching Keith Gary and I had a chance to meet Keith Gary a couple of years ago. What a really nice guy. But so I'm going to throw in Keith, but there's so many different ways to go. And this is just a hard exercise. It mm-hmm. it really is. Let's go ahead and move on to the fourth round draft pick. It's CA three. And I'm still bummed that he did not get number 16 because I wanted <laughs> Austin three, 16, just blew by your. Um, so <laughs> Shannon White, Calvin, Austin, three.
2: I've said before, he might be the fastest stiller to ever put on the jersey. I've heard people talk about Ike Taylor's 40-time, uh, which I think it was his pro day. I don't think it was at the Combine. Um, Dwight Stone, you know, different people like that. But Austin can literally fly. He is a track star. And, and it shows up on his film. His acceleration and the way he attacks scenes, smaller guys a lot of times are hesitant. To go full speed, because if, whether it's a punt return, a kick return, if you get to, you know, you've got guys running full speed and they catch you in that scene, and you're trying to accelerate through, you can get blowed up. But, so there's really nobody that he, I can say he reminds me of, and I hate to always say Tariq Hill, but I think he's about the closest comparison, because he is a wide receiver. He's not a like a Darren Sprouls or another little guy like that. And he is put together pretty good, and I don't know how much weight he'll put on. But for me, the only comparison I could come up was three kill, and of course, he's not a Steelers draft
1: pick. So, Tony, what do you got?
3: Uh, he was he was the one of the first four anyway that uh, I couldn't really think of, of a Steelers comparison. I mean, he can, he's a he's a shifty little receiver, you know, and and he can obviously he's he's uh a, a great punt returner so you know you could say like like Lynn swan or, or louie lips but they were first round picks i don't know if, if he if he's hopefully he would have the same kind of career as both of them that would be great <laughs> um dwight stone's another great comparison because even though he was a running back initially and then he, and he switched to receiver because, because of that blinding speed and, and the ability to to return uh kicks uh, other than that i really can't think of one but but like shannon said um he, he is put together for somebody that small. So uh, hopefully he can go on to have a, a career similar to a tree kill. That would be great, wouldn't it?
1: Oh, that would be absolutely amazing. But let me ask you fellas this. What if out of Calvin Austin III, they got these numbers? 61 receptions, 714 yards, five touchdowns. Would you take that? Out of Calvin Austin the third, his rookie season. I would sign my name in blood. You know what you just signed your name for?
2: That's Who's Troy that? Edwards, ain't it?
1: You just signed for a faster Troy Edwards because ah. that's what he did in 1999. Troy Edwards was five ten, and he did not have the speed. But Troy Edwards had speed. They, uh but he got lost behind Hines and got lost behind Plexico and just didn't do the things with the playbook in the, in the meeting rooms that a lot of people wanted them to do, wanted him to do. But I I tell you what, 4TL music group has a guy here and he actually, I'm going to bring this one up on the screen because this is probably an even better comparison, but he asked is CA three more dynamic than Antoine Randall (gasps) L guys. And I've got to actually say that I think he is. I, I think that he can be. And if he's anything close to Antoine Randall L, oh. then, you, then you've got, with the other guys that you have on this team, then you just hit the jackpot. And I want to go ahead and take a look at Antoine Randall L and his stats, his rookie season. And I think, I think it's one of those things where you would agree that He had a really good rookie year for the Steelers. He was primarily used as a gadget and as a kick returner and a punt returner. I don't know if we're going to see that, but would you also take 47 receptions, 489 yards, and two touchdowns with a catch percentage of 72.3%? Would you take that out of him?
3: Fourth round, fourth round pick, absolutely, yeah, and a projected number four
1: receiver, yes. Then you're getting Antoine Randall L. And it's funny when we talk about Troy Edwards too. Antoine Randall L. Came in also in 2002 and and kicked him, helped kick him closer to the curb as well. (laughs) So that's kind of what happened. They they were looking for receivers back then. They really were. Steelers don't have a fifth round pick and they had a sixth round pick and this one's going to be tough. I I don't even know because we don't even know how Connor Hayward is going to be used. So let's just, if you can't come up with a comparison for Connor Hayward, then what I want you to do is what do you want from Connor Hayward? But if you have a comparison, please throw it out there, fellas.
3: This is going to sound weird, but for some reason, when I he just it just I he reminds me of a Chris Fumachuma I don't know why, but you know but what? He, he, I was he thinking does. that, yeah, yeah, he, he just reminds me like he's somebody who who can catch out of the backfield, uh, although he's probably a better athlete. And 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 he seems like somebody who could be a, a bruising type runner, somebody that you, you can be sort of like a, a change of pace. Uh, even though it's weird to say, uh, cause Najee Harris is such a tough, no, uh, tough, no, hard nosed runner. Um, but, uh, somebody who can also, e- even though foo couldn't, he wasn't an H back, but that's kind of who he reminds me of for some reason. But Fu could catch the football too. Oh yeah. 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 Shannon,
1: do you have a comparison or do you have a wish for Connor Hayward?
2: No, I have a comparison, and, 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 okay. I, and I'm sure I'll get a lot of flack for it, but yes. he reminds me of Heinz Ward. Woo. He he is incredibly physical. He's intense. He will do anything on the football field. He'll block. He can run on third and short, fourth and short goal line. He'll throw that kick out block. He, he'll play special teams. He reminds me of Heinz Ward coming in. Now, Heinz Ward was going to be a receiver, and we know that um, Connor's going to be more of an H, but because of his versatility, because of his pedigree and his mentality, he reminds me of Heinz Ward. And I believe he's going to surprise a lot of people and he's going to be a valuable weapon all around. Even if he ain't the one scoring the touchdowns, it wouldn't shock me at all. If he don't get him in position with a, an excellent block uh, or making a key special teams tackle. Each game. I, I just expect that out of him. So for
1: me, it's Heinz Ward. So you think that this guy is all heart, is what you're telling me. He's a yes. blue-collar champion. Yeah, I, right? I think that huh? He's a blue-collar guy.
2: Yeah, I, I think that he's got that Hayward mentality that Arnhead had and, and Cam has. Uh, that he just when he's he's all business when he's on the field. And so who he might be of is, like I said, that's how word was. And so I, I'm expecting big things from him as a rookie.
1: You know, I, I think I am too. And it's just how he's used. And I'd love, I'm glad to see how he's used. I think a guy like this would have been wasted with Randy Feetner a couple years ago. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, but I would love to, man, I can't wait to see the lab reports from the laboratory That is one Matt Canada, because man, it's going to be exciting. Well, I, you know what? I don't have a comparison for him, but I know what I want out of the guy. I want just this, when, when he's called the ultimate Swiss army knife by, by Mike Tomlin, that is absolutely what I want to see. And because of what you just said, I just came up with the title, not really the title, but the, uh, the premise for next week's show. Do you guys have, let's look at the seventh round real quick, and I'll go over next week's show right after we do this. But Chris Oladoukoun and Mark Robinson, we don't know enough about these guys to go ahead and compare them to anybody that we've seen in the past. And it would be tough, unless you guys have comparisons. I just know my wish list for both of them is like this. Mark Robinson makes the team, plays on special teams and works his way into the qu- equation in year number 2. Chris Alodukun, we don't see anything from him except for being a third string quarterback that learns the system but he's mm-hmm. most valuable when the Steelers are playing the Ravens and teams that have a quarterback that can run so they don't have to pick up a quarterback. What are your thoughts on Chris O? And Mark R. Shannon,
2: the Steelers are great at picking up guys like Robinson, who are making position switches. Hasselrig, when he you know he was a college wrestler, and they turned him into a pro bowler.
1: You know he's from my hometown, right? Hasselrig. Yeah,
2: you've you've told me yep. that. Yes, uh, there's they're just they're excellent at doing that. Um, uh, and he with his physicality and his tackling. Of Kendrell Bell. Uh, he, you, when Bell first came in, he was so physical, and he would meet these guys in the hole, and he'd blow guys up. And we all loved that because of his uh, aggressiveness and his tackling prowess. That's who Mark Robinson reminds me of. Now, he's not going to be there yet because, again, one year at the position. I agree with you. I want to see him make the team, you know, excel on special teams and then really be a contributor the next year.
1: Ola, Jay- oh go uh, ahead
2: go ahead, Shannon and then as far as Ola Ducan, the Steelers you know a lot of people compare him to Dodson now I mean uh, Dobbs Dobbs is very very few guys can match him intellectually He, he he was real that was his main value but they are very similar in arm athleticism size so he can offer them a lot as you say as a scout team quarterback and, but you do not want to see him on the field. Uh, if, if he gets up on the field this year, unless it's game uh, 17 and the Steelers have already clinched and they just want to throw him out there, uh, we don't want to see him out there.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Tony, any th- extra thoughts?
3: As far as Mark Robinson, I really couldn't think of a comparison. I, I'm just impressed by the fact that he switched positions uh, in his senior year and he he basically walked on old Miss and he became a starter and he was productive and that's pretty uh, impressive for the SEC. As far as, as far as, uh, how do you say, uh he kind of reminds me like, like, like Shannon said of, of, of uh, Dobbs, but he also reminds me of the quarterbacks that they ha- had on roster already, at least uh, Trubisky and, and and uh, Pickett, or you know the guys that they drafted, or I said that wrong, Trubisky, and then and Pickett, because that's who they're looking for now, looking for that kind of a mobile quarterback. Uh, but you know, kind of reminds me of Dobbs, Dennis Dixon, um, that that kind of a player. So you know, if he makes a team, like Shannon said, like everybody's, I'm sure, in agreement with, it, you don't really want to see him uh, unless it's the last game and everything's already uh, clinched. All right. So gentlemen, very good. We talked about
1: all seven draft picks for the Steelers who they remind us, maybe some wish list. maybe some hopes as far as stats. If you can get some of those stats out of these guys, that's fantastic. Now I know you guys have been waiting because I have not discussed this with you. And I promise that I discuss this with you every week, but I know how your brains think. And I think you're going to like this. So I'm just going to throw it out at you next week on this show. It's going to be part one of a two-part show. And we are going to go over the current Steelers that are all blue-collar Steel City team. But we're going to go a little bit further than that. Not only are we going to do current Steelers, we're going to go with the offense. And it is the all-time blue-collar Steelers team. When we do all-time, we start in 1969, the Chuck Newell era and on. So, gentlemen, what do you think about that show? I like it.
2: Is it going to be all the positions? All 22? or
1: We're just going to do one? offense next week and defense? Okay, yep. That sounds good to me. And uh, 4TL asked me to hold on. Bad hold on. Is AB retiring as a Steeler? If he does, I don't have a problem with it. Um, Really, don't. I'm not looking for him to play. But if you'd like to hear more about that 4TL, can you go ahead and check out bad language that came out at lunchtime today where I compare Antonio Brown to my ex-wife, to my starter. <laughs> wife. It's actually not as bad as you think. It's not, it's not as bad as you think I have forgaven. I'm not going to exactly forget, but I will let her retire as an ex-wife of mine. And if she needs anything, I'll give it to her. Hey, I, I, I'd help out. Yes. AB screwed us all over, buddy. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So. <laughs> so, trust me, so did she. But all I'm saying is that you go through some time and you realize that okay, there's a reason that I loved AB and I loved that other woman in the first place and I'm not going to forget about the good times. So, I I'm not going to erase her from my memory I'm not going to race ab and if ab wants to retire as a stealer but never plays a stealer again because i'm not bringing her back as a wife <laughs> but if uh if he wants to retire as a stealer i have no problem with it with that being said oh she did not throw furniture <laughs> um I-, I could go over a list but that's, <laughs> that's that's what i was uh i i don't think you guys want to hear all about that um but there's some doozies of stuff. But you know, going through some stuff too at the time. So I'm not going to go ahead and run her down. I mean, God, God bless her. Um, I I'm in contact with her. I haven't seen her since the courtroom in 2003. But uh, I haven't spoken to her. But I've talked to her on Messenger, and my wife knows. My current wife knows, and she was a gateway to. good life i have now it didn't work out with the two of us but i wish her well just like i'm going to wish antonio brown well going forward and i will retire him as a Steelers because of the eight years that he gave us and i'll retire her as a wife for the two weeks she gave me out of four years so um with that being (laughs) said um you know, I'm not bitter. I just, I'm happy of where I am and I'm not going to uh, forget about the past. So there you go. Let's get on out there and check out BTSC for all of your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. I'm going to say it right now. You don't want to, you got to go back and listen to that bad language. was a good one. I thought it was good. It was my own show. I think it's good. I put it on. Mm. Go back and check out Tony and Kyle last night on the QA. Check, don't miss Jeff Hartman this morning show fantastic show that came out Monday morning. He had Jeffrey Benedict on as a guest. So um, really good. So check out let's ride tomorrow morning. Jeffrey Benedict has his solo show. You know, that's always good from the cutting room floor and tomorrow night. It's the Sco bros. we're bros. G- Shannon, we're going to get you and Jeffrey a guest for Wednesday night to talk some more. DeMarvin Marvin Leal. Now, let's call him Layout. Let's call him his real name. Um, <laughs> so, we're going to do that. So, there's no reason to go anywhere else. Make it your one stop shop. Hell, make it your non stop shop. And we have three things that we want to ask you to do. We want you to one, be safe. Shannon, say it. Two, <laughs> Shannon doesn't know it. Be true to yourself. And three, Always be behind the still curtain. I'm sorry. I just put Shannon on the spot. (laughs) I feel really bad. We're going in and out. My signal's going in and out. I hear you.
2: All
1: right. So what? (laughs) I don't feel bad enough to say. And in fact, not just say it. I'm going to bellow it. Just when you think you've got all the answers, Tony Defio. We
3: we keep changing the questions.
1: Shannon, you take us home, baby. (laughs) For Shannon, for Tony, I'm B A D. This is Behind the Steel Curtain. You are the live chat. You are BTSC Nation. We love you. We will see you non-stop on BTSC. That's behind the steelcurtain.com. Time to
0: stop and check